What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Dylan. Hey, Matt. <laughs> well, it's time to live like a middle-aged soccer mom because I made you watch an episode of Nailed It this week. Oh my god, dude. Seriously, I, I texted that to you. I was like, nothing makes me realize how much of a middle-aged soccer mom you are until you suggest things to watch for the podcast. So what's really weird is I met you through horror stuff like five mm-hmm. years ago. So I, I feel like I'm learn I'm I'm getting to know a brand new Matt Kelly doing this <laughs> show with you. And I'm actually for it. I will say this was not nearly as as pain inducing as the last thing you made me watch. Yeah. So I'm well for it. and I kind of felt here's here's the thing with nailed it. Yeah. So the first time I ever saw Nailed It was during the Disneydo days. Okay. And we would go to Brooke's house to record episodes of Disneydo. And usually Andrew, who was the co-host, always had somewhere else to go. Yeah. So he would record. And then as soon as we were done, he'd be like, all right, I got to go. And he would bounce. 
But like Brooke and I would like hang out for maybe like 20 more minutes and then I would leave. Um, and she was like, if you're hanging out tonight, I'm making you watch an episode and nailed it. And she showed me an episode and I was like, this show's fucking amazing. <laughs> and I went and I binged the first season of it. And then shortly thereafter, we were having a Friendsgiving gathering at my friend's house. And I was like, yo, you've got to watch this show. And it was only yeah. six episodes at that time. So then that whole Friendsgiving, we binged those six episodes of Nailed It. And pretty much from that point on, whenever a new season of Nailed It comes out, we will not watch it unless we're together. Like, Okay, that's cute. Like so that. much so that during the pandemic, when they dropped a season, we got... We didn't even get on a Zoom call. We just had a conference call on our cell phones and we would synchronize hitting play on our TVs and then try to predict like who was going to win each match or whatever. Oh, I absolutely love it. But I think that the show is, I think it's a really good show. Like, I think it's a great concept for a show. Are you an avid like cooking show watcher? Not really. The only other one I watch is Great British Baking Show because that okay. is like just straight like feel good meditation vibes. Yeah. But what I like about this is that a it's legitimately funny. Like they get yeah. legitimately funny people. Like Nicole Breyer and Jock are always there, and then they almost always bring in like heavy hitter comedians to like hang out there. So they've had like Jay from the Broken Lizards do a couple episodes. Ooh, okay. Like they bring in like good comedians that are friends with Nicole. Cause Nicole, I'm not sure how much you know about Nicole Breyer or not. I don't know much about Nicole. I know that she got on my nerves a little bit in this episode. So but... here's the thing with Nicole. Okay. Nicole to nailed it mm-hmm. is Bob Saget to America's funniest home videos. Okay. Like, if you research anything that she's done stand up wise or even her podcast, she is fucking filthy. Okay. Like, like her podcast is all about dudes that she's fucked, basically. Like, I love it. And I think, I think that comes across in Nailed It of her trying to mold her humor more towards to a pg audience yeah Yeah, exactly exactly and i think bob saget came off pretty cheesy in america's funniest home videos as well um and i think that it's just a it looks and feels and sounds unnatural so i would actually be pretty curious to go back and um check out some of nicole's uh own personal stuff yeah but i think that that's like I think part of what we like when I watch it with my friends and most of my friends are female. So like there's that element of they're like, dude, her fashion is on point. Like, what the fuck? She's killing it with these dresses. Like, but they're also they just find her so funny because she's so weird. Like she's so like unapologetically weird and annoying. And they play into that. So in this episode, there's a buzzer that the person who is the shittiest yeah. that has that buzzer changes episode to episode. Okay. And, and one time it was like, you hit this buzzer and Nicole will annoy the piss out of the other two contestants for three straight minutes. Nice. And it was literally like, she would just like run up to me like, what you doing? Why are you doing it that way? How come you're doing <laughs> it like this? <laughs> so I definitely appreciate this watch because my history with cooking shows is based around the holidays. Like my family and I would sit around and watch the Christmas ones and the Halloween ones, specifically the Halloween ones, and with the pumpkin carving and everything else. So I felt right at home watching this. (laughs) I I really, really enjoyed it. And I think I'm going to have to definitely 
binge uh, Nailed It holidays. Even the normal Nailed It, it's just a great throw it on. It's on in the background. You're like giving it some attention. You're laughing at like some lines. I'll say last season because Jacques is like the most composed person, which also makes him in a weird way the funniest one because he's very serious. But there was one episode where at the very end he was just like, you are all the worst chefs I've ever met in my entire life. In like like a kind way, right? No, no, no. But he said that like verbatim. Like he's like, I legitimately don't know who should win this because you are all terrible. Like us as like hardcore viewers have been like, how bad? bad was that food because we have seen them eat like raw cake before oh no (laughs) like how awful was everybody i mean i will say there was at least one contestant on this episode where i was uncomfortable with them eating her food sorry spoilers no (laughs) that leads to one of the best lines though because it's uh the the celebrity guest it's the three wiseman cake pop specifically she takes a big bite out of it and then there's a couple seconds of silence and she goes, yeah, I don't think I can continue. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And Laura Lapkus is a national treasure. Oh, she's so sure. funny. Did you listen to uh, Raised by TV? No. She had a podcast with another guy. I can't remember who it was, but they basically talked about different genres of 80s and 90s television. Tells uh, right up my alley. They just grew up watching. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's around anymore, but I would definitely hunt down those early yeah, episodes. Yeah, check out that back man. catalog, though. Definitely yeah. check it out. It's really good. Um, but she was, of course, introduced here as the uh, guard from Orange is the New Black. Which, which I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's where everybody kind of got well, to know her. I, I think also because it's a Netflix produced show. Yeah, and that, yeah. <laughs> I figure that was the biggest thing. Um, Oh, you know who else is really who's really good when he's on the show, and I don't particularly find him charming in most other situations. Yeah, is um, what the fuck is the dude's name? The guy from the league, and how did this get made? And oh, oh, oh my God, Jason something. Jason Manzukas. Yeah, Jason Manzukas. Yes, yeah, he's he might be in my favorite episode, which I think is in the holidays run. I can't remember. Probably it's it's their New Year's Eve episode. Yeah, but he keeps at random points just keeps starting to do the ten countdown for the ball to drop, <laughs> and, and they're like, "Jason, not yet." And he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm sorry." But like, they'll just be like having a conversation. He'll just all of a sudden just be like, ten, nine. <laughs> like, there's even a thing which I realized as soon as I hit play on this episode, I was like, Dylan is not going to appreciate or understand how funny this opening is until he goes to the very beginning of Nailed It, but the. The character of Wes, who yeah. she pronounces Wes. Yeah. Apparently, so, he had, did he have long hair at one point? Because I so, know she references that. So the story with Wes is that he was just a PA on the show. Okay. And Nicole just thought he was like the most charming person. So yeah. he has a non-speaking where he never speaks on the show. And his only okay. job is to come out and bring the trophy out basically yeah but they just make him dress up in the craziest shit every single time and i remember one episode he like the like <laughs> he had to like come out on roller skates and you could tell that he could not roller skate oh poor wes but like they are so brutal to him at times 
What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. But I think that what I like about Nailed It is when I was a kid, I loved Talk Soup with John Henson. Okay, yeah. And what I liked about that show was that it was just John and a couple people in the crew, and that was it. So, like, you were here, you were constantly hearing the sounds of, like, the camera guys and them laughing. It's why I love watching Seth Meyers right now as well is like, there's something cool about watching a show that is produced on such a low budget that you're like just watching a host try to make his friends laugh. And you get that vibe when you watch now because they're constantly cutting to the camera crew and they're constantly cutting to like the script supervisor unexpectedly or cutting to the teleprompter where she'll be like, wait, what does that say? And she'll like walk up to the teleprompter. Like, they're yeah. always breaking the fourth wall of reminding you how much of a pre-taped show it is. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of when we get the Joe Bob specials. Yes. Because, because you can tell that that's what he's trying to do, is just make everybody on set laugh. Some t- the, the, the problem with Nailed It Holidays, and yes. it's, it's a give or take, is like the first season of Nailed It is incredible because no one knew what it was. Okay. By the time you get to Nailed It Holidays, this is like the third or fourth year that they've been doing the show. And I can tell, like, Prime Guy is like the firefighter. Like, you have these people who are trying to essentially be the puck of, like, Nailed It, where it's like, how weird and goofy and eccentric can I be? Like... I was not charmed by his fucking cat meow meow song for no, one it goddamn was fucking second. Awful. Yeah. And like we kept calling back to it, and I'm like, this sounds like one of my students trying to be funny and failing miserably. Yeah. But one I other hope... student in the classroom found it funny, so they keep getting him to fucking do it, and you're like, yeah. dude, stop. Seems like you're pulling from some uh, real life experience there. <laughs> No, I do like that she dis- she makes fun of his dancing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who said white people don't have rhythm? Oh They're lying. God, As he oh does the worst god. fucking robot I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my life. god. So, I guess let's take it from the top. What were the what the first challenge 
Um, the cake pops. The, the cake pops. The nativity scene cake pops, which I've never made cake pops. Have you made cake pops before? I've never made cake pops, and they are, of all the things that they make on this show, they're always the one where I'm like, I could make that. And then I and, watch them struggle, and I'm like, maybe I couldn't make but that. But I've seen people who, no offense if any of the people that I like work with or, or are friends with listen to the show, but I've seen people who seem not as good bakers as the people on this show <laughs> make cake pops before, and they didn't turn out this bad. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand why everyone went for the three wise men or Jesus, Mary and Joseph, because the easiest ones to make were definitely those animals. And they were left up for grass at the end, man. Yeah. I think the other big thing in, and it's, it shines even more so in the second round to me, but like they are clearly not given enough time. Like they're not no. given the, the appropriate amount of time to make the thing. So I no. feel like if it's supposed to be an hour to make it, they give them 45 minutes or something like that because they yeah. need it to look shitty for yeah. for the joke to work, which is what I do like about the concept of the show is versus most other cooking competitions. The goal is to just not be the shittiest. <laughs> like, yeah. So I like this reminded me and I just looked it up because it's the same creator of uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. Where there's a bunch of different what on Cutthroat. Have you ever watched Cutthroat Kitchen? No. So Cutthroat Kitchen is if I'm if I'm I hope this is the show that I'm referring to. It's on Food Network, and what's cool about Cutthroat Kitchen is the host will give them different obstacle obstacles to kind of work through. So like you can make this, but this contestant can only use these ingredients. The rest of you can use these ingredients, or you have to eat this do the one chip challenge before you go to cook or something like that. I like that. I like things that are kind of, it's different. It's not just here's three professional bakers and here's a concept and go. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I like that there's, there are different elements in it. It's definitely obvious that they don't give them enough time because I think the second challenge, like you said, they had to bake two cakes and they only had two hours yeah to do it all in so the other thing that i like watching this show for is honestly i know that i'll never be able to make these types of cakes that they're tasked with but yeah. god damn if those cakes don't look immaculate when they Dude. reveal like <laughs> it's like that santa stuck so in a good. chimney cake looked incredible yeah and i mean some of the ones that they made didn't look too bad either dude some of those cake pops even if they were hideous looking looked delicious uh, absolutely delicious i'll tell you my biggest takeaway from this episode and I, I wrote this down verbatim i would like to lady and tramp a really large crispy block with dylan <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was like a rice crispy treat right under the yeah cake. just a giant rice crispy so treat. i will agree to that if we can also put that cake right on top of the rice crispy <laughs> I got you. I would like to eat a split-legged Santa with you. <laughs> we, uh, again, like I said, my friends and I, like, obsessively watch this show, which is yeah. funny because none of us are true bakers in any real yeah. sense. But we're watching it and we're like, ugh, <laughs> you're fucking yeah, up. Yeah, and, and Like, you get like... real judgy about it, which is kind of fun. Like, there are so many times where you watch people just be like, 
shit, I don't know how to make this chocolate. I'm going to fill this bowl with M&Ms and microwave it for 10 minutes so that it melts. And then I'm going to yeah. pour it over top of it. And you're like, what are you doing? The, ch- <laughs> the chocolate chips, like, I didn't understand because it's revealed that, like, right next to the chocolate chips were, like, chocolate candy melts. Yeah. So I'm like, what is this decision you're making? But, I mean, in all honesty... I would have totally probably made the same choice. Yeah, no, it's the pressure. Where's the first chocolate thing I could find? (laughs) Exactly. It's the pressure (laughs) of the moment. Again, it's, I wanted you to watch this show specifically because I, I'm always thinking of you and I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that. This is a perfect you and Teddy having recreational time on the couch. Yeah. And there's just something on in the background. You know what I mean? Like. That sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. And then you're uh, like, oh. right, we should try to make one of those. <laughs> I watched, there's at least there's at least three different times that they've cooked something where I was like, I could do that. And then I never actually try, but I'm like, I could I could make Dude, that. Dude, we should do that. Like again, once uh once the Rona's gone, who like uh, who knows if that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> we should get a bunch of people together and do our own personal nailed it holiday, man. I'm fine. I'm down with that. I am down with that. Uh, but I didn't have a ton of notes. It's hard to take notes on like a reality show cooking thing. But I thought it is. this would be fun. This would be a fun short episode just to finish out September before we get into that good, good spooky. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It, it's a good finale of our like our watching of where we want to avoid like our strong picks and our horror picks. Because it's going to get wild for about three or four weeks. The next few weeks, I am so excited for our spooky time watches. Um, We are recording this on the first day of fall. And I've already got, like, my spooky wear that I rocked to school to teach in today. Um, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready for these next three months. Like, it is, hands down, the best time of the year starts right now. Well, I think we nailed this episode, Dylan. So, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dylan. Merry Christmas, Matt. listening to the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. 
They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 